What's up, Disrupt Nation? So, today is January 11th. It has been almost a week since the invasion of Capitol Hill. And the entire political and economic atmosphere has changed dramatically. This is a business podcast. So I'm not going to talk about politics. To be honest, I never have really talked about politics. My stance has always been that if you want to change your destiny, if you want to change your community, if you want to have a positive impact on our future, if you want to have a positive impact on the world, the best way to do that is through capitalism. The best way to do that is through technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship. It's through creation. And my whole message has been, listen, the government is not here to save you. The government is here if there's there's a crime that takes place or there's some emergency, you know, they can step in. But most times when they step in, they make matters worse, okay? Most times when the government steps in, they make matters worse, not better. And so my whole philosophy over the past decade and what's allowed me to create a lot of success and abundance in my life, transform my financial situation, you know, all the kids that I went to high school with and went to college with, a lot of them are not in the same financial situation that I'm in, whether it's financial freedom, just the, you know, the, the fact that I'm able to travel the world and live life in my own terms or, or actual income, dollars and cents, um, you know, in both respects, uh, a lot of the kids that I went to high school with, they're just not in the same position as, as I'm in. And that's a big part I like to think because I never bought in to the victim mentality. Okay, very, very early on, I rejected, aggressively rejected the victim mentality that is often portrayed in politics. And it happens on both sides. It happens on the right and the left, right? But what we have seen, the invasion on the basic human rights, the basic civil rights of our society... Uh, shrouded under the best intentions, right? Shrouded under protecting our health. Shrouded under protecting uh, minorities, minority groups, you know, protecting blacks and Latinos, protecting uh, the poor and disenfranchised. Under those guides, those false guides of protecting us, Our civil liberties and our rights and our freedoms are slowly being taken away. 
one by one. And really not that slowly. It's been less than a year since the 15 days to slow the spread back in March of 2020. And yet, cities around the country and around the world are still on lockdown. In Panama, where I have friends, family, and business associates, there are draconian laws where you can only leave your home if you're a man on Tuesdays and Thursdays and if you're a woman on Mondays and Wednesdays. The day after Christmas and the weekend to follow, you it was illegal for anyone to leave their home for any reason, for any purpose, even to walk your dog. It was illegal. If you walked your dog, police would stop you and threaten to arrest you and fine you and imprison you. And while the United States lockdowns are not as bad as they are in Latin America, I truly do believe that if we don't stand up for our freedoms and stand up for our rights in the United States, which is why people from Latin America and all around the world travel to the United States and immigrate to this great country, is to have those freedoms. But my fear is that if we do not protect those basic freedoms that this country was founded on, then they are going to disappear. From a civil liberties perspective, this is 9-11 part two. So 9-11 was this great tragedy, this great tragic event. And then after that, we had the introduction of the Patriot Act, which is a law like many laws where the name is the opposite of what's actually in the legislation. But we had the enactment of the Patriot Act, which allowed the United States government to not only spy on foreigners and foreign foreign actors and terrorists, but began the surveillance and the mass surveillance of the United States citizen. Something unprecedented in our history of our country, something that we've never seen before. And now, 20 years later, here we are, 2021, and we're seeing this happen for a second time. But now we have an entire political party, 50% of the country, hate it or love it. I Listen, I disagree with Trump on a lot of things. I'm not a huge fan of the uh, rushing of a vaccination without proper testing. The rushing of a vaccination where there are uh, multiple studies and reports of of adverse side effects. I'm not a big fan of uh, a lot of policies of Trump. I think there's a lot of flip-flopping that goes on, a lot of pandering, a lot of victim mentality. Um, But my whole stance has always been, listen, I don't care about Trump. I'm going to change the world without Obama, without Trump. You know, Obama was in office for eight years and not too much changed it either. We got into more wars. He promised to close Guantanamo Bay. That never happened. Right? 
So I gave up a long, 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 long time ago waiting for a political party, whether it's Democrat or Republican. I gave up a long, long time ago of waiting for a political party to save me. No one is going to save me except myself. And if I want to create change in the universe, it's going to come from within. And that's what we've done. After Hurricane Maria, I didn't wait around for Trump. We all came down to Puerto Rico and we did everything that we could to donate laptops, donate Wi-Fi hotspots, donate solar panels, donate water. Work with the people in the community, create educational programs. Create hackathons, create events. Teach people, empower them to become entrepreneurs or marketers, developers, creators and and learn the skills that they need so that they don't have to leave the island of Puerto Rico. And that was the mission that I took on. I took on Puerto Rico, where my family's from, right? But I didn't wait for the governor of Puerto Rico. I was happy when he was removed for all his corruption, Ricky, but I didn't wait for him. I wasn't waiting for him to save me. When Wanda came in, I wasn't waiting for her to save me either. Right? But we have this victim mentality, and it serves the politicians, right? Vote for me and I'll save you. But in 2020, and now going into 2021, that rhetoric, that narrative has become more dangerous and more divisive than ever before. Listen, we all need to live on this earth together. We all need to love each other and coexist. Most people want the same things. They want to prosper. They want to do well. They want their family to prosper and to do well. They want education. They want to be informed. They want freedom. They want to be able to leave a better life for their kids than the life that was given to them. And there is no country, no political system, no political ideology that has done a better job than that in the history of civilization than the United States of America. It was founded on some really basic principles. And a, and a hands-off approach to governance. An approach to governance that says the government's going to be here to protect your basic rights, to make sure no one steals from you, no one harms you physically, no one damages your property, no one hurts you physically, emotionally, financially, right? But other than that... The government is supposed to have a very hands-off approach. And it's supposed to be designed to allow people to create their own circumstances. And I've seen it. I've witnessed it. There's students in our community. Friends, business associates, a lot of people that I know. That started at rock bottom. And then went deeper and went underneath the rock bottom. Yet somehow, 
through the power of entrepreneurship, through leveraging this new power of the internet, this new freedom of the internet. You know, I talk about this a lot, but my ancestors, they had to immigrate. They immigrated from, uh, first from Europe, right, to come to the new world. So Christopher Columbus and these guys, they got on ships, crazy pirate ships, and they were told that they were going to fall off the side of the earth. The earth was flat and you would die if you got on a ship and tried to go to this new world. But they had to travel to find uh, spices and gold and resources. They had to travel because if not, if they would have stayed in Europe, if they would have stayed in Italy and Spain and Morocco and the Canary Islands and all of these places that the first people immigrated from to come to the United States, their opportunities would have been limited to wherever city that they lived in. Their social class would have been limited, right? If you were born a farmer, chances are you would die a farmer unless you left the farm. And that was the reality. So people risked it. They risked their lives. They got on ships. They, they went to new lands. They, they went on They went to war with the people when they got there because they were strangers. They were outsiders. And, you know, there was a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of death and destruction during those times. Life was really hard. Starvation was a, was a real thing. People would not have enough food and would starve. You know, even rich people, right? It wasn't only a, a matter of financials, right? If you had a bunch of gold bars, but there's no supermarket, you know, a few hundred years ago, it's, it's, there's a chance of you dying, right? Coming to, coming to a new world where there's no infrastructure for food and communications the way we have now. And I feel like today we take a lot of this stuff for granted, right? If, if the president of the United States a hundred years ago wanted to send a message to North Korea, right? 100 to 150 years ago, before the invention of the internet and the telecommunications that has uh, now become the new social media. 150 years ago, if you wanted to send a message to North Korea, we'd have to put it on a pigeon. You would send a letter. It would take months. But now, with a tweet, you can communicate with the entire world. And what this has done is not only the president can communicate with the entire world, but each and every single one of you listening to this with the same internet connection that you use to listen to this podcast, you have the power to communicate with the entire world. If you want to talk to Elon Musk, you can communicate with him on social media. You can comment on his posts. You can direct message him on these platforms. You can email him on these platforms. These platforms that have been created that started out with the phone company, which was a public utility. A lot of people, you know, people that are a little bit younger than me, they don't remember the Internet was the phone company. You had a phone in your house. There were no cell phones. And if you were using the internet, you couldn't use the phone at the same time. 
you would pick up the phone and there would be a bunch of signal noise because the internet was using the phone lines all around the United States. And the United States invented the internet. They funded it. They funded it as a communications platform. They funded the phone companies and the rollout of all that copper, all those wires connecting the entire world, creating these technologies to empower us, to communicate, to collaborate, right? Even the invention of the telephone was huge, right? Christopher Columbus couldn't call Puerto Rico and see if they had any hotels where he could stay when he got there. It's an entirely different world just a few generations ago. And in today's world, we have all these blessings. We have these blessings of communications, these blessings of travel, right? You can get on a plane and be anywhere in the world in less than 24 hours. So we have all these blessings of communications. We have all this abundance of wealth, abundance of food everywhere, supermarkets with every single food from all around the world, every fruit. It wasn't like that. Even my mother's generation, one generation ago, it wasn't like that. You would go to a supermarket and they would have locally sourced fruits and vegetables. And if there weren't kiwis in your neighborhood or it wasn't kiwi season, you wouldn't have kiwis. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be there. But today we have every single food, a hundred different varieties, all this wealth, all this abundance, all this prosperity, especially in the United States. But you know what? The third, the third world is getting uplifted as well from all these uh, technology innovations. I went into Peru, into indigenous people who they did not want to be conquered when Spain was conquering Peru and the rest of Latin America. So they... Their civilization was next to a giant lake, one of the biggest lakes in the entire world, Lake Iquicaca. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. And what they did is they drove uh, with ships, they built uh, boats, and they took the boats into the middle of the lake, so far away, you know, this lake almost looks like an ocean, so far away that you could not see where their ships were from shore. And they built man-made islands. Now, mind you, they did not have engines. These boats are like little canoes. They did not have any electricity. But they built man-made islands. And they've been living there for hundreds of years. And they speak uh, a language called Quechua and some other native languages that are not even documented. And they never switched to Spanish. And interestingly enough, I went there with my wife last year, before COVID. And even they had solar panels when we got to these man-made, off-the-grid island uh, of this uh, lost civilization. And even they had some solar panels and some access to television and cell phones and some telecommunications. And they were still living much differently than we live in the Western world, but they benefited from the fact that there is telecommunications. They benefited from the fact that they do have access, some sort of access to the internet. They do have some sort of an access to uh, electricity because of the innovations in solar. 
So I say that to say this, technology has changed and uplifted the world. Capitalism and innovation is destroying poverty, destroying um, starvation and hunger. A lot of these, you know, real big world problems that we've had over the past um, hundreds of years of existence, centuries of existence on this planet. So we're at such a great place in the one sense. But in the other sense, we're on our way to a really, really scary place if we don't wake up. And if we don't stay true to values and morals and if we allow ourselves to be manipulated and divided by media. There is a lot of knowledge in the Bible. Whether you're Christian or not, there is undeniably a lot of wisdom and knowledge that has been passed on from generations to generations. And a lot of simple quotes that are very important to live by if you want to live in a civilized society, right? And it, and it feels like to me that even though we have all this technology, all this abundance, all these innovations, somewhere along the line, we began to lose our humanity. In the Bible, they say, love thy neighbor the same way that you would love yourself. They call it the golden rule, right? Jesus also said this. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. Really basic principles, really basic things if you think about it. But if everyone just followed those rules, if everyone just followed those rules, we'll be in a much better, better place. You know, they try to put us on two different sides. Democrat, Republican, East Coast, West Coast, North, South, Black, White, Latino. They try to put us in all these boxes. They don't try to put us against each other. But at the end of the day, we are one race, the human race. And we need to decide what rules do we want to live by. Because here's the thing about rules. A lot of times when there is some sort of a national disaster, any sort of big problem in the world, human beings are resilient. So we look for solutions. So what a lot of times is we overreact and we create these rules, right? 9-11 was a great example, right? We were just talking about that with the Patreon Act. But what ends up happening is, you know, that censorship or that 
a privacy violation or that, um, you know, mass surveillance that the government enacts a law to, you know, spy on bin Laden, right? They wanted to spy on Osama bin Laden. Well, according to the media, Osama bin Laden was, was captured and killed, right? Saddam Hussein was captured and killed. But these laws that were enacted to find these terrorists, those laws still exist. And slowly but surely, those laws are being used on the American people. And the same thing goes for what we're doing right now in our political system. So in our political system, we're enacting all these laws, or if not laws, ideas, setting precedent to how does the the left media and political class and and these big corporations, really left-leaning corporations, how do they want to handle President Trump? Because they say that President Trump is the biggest threat to... America. But the things that they're doing under the ruse, under the excuse of protecting the world from President Trump, those same rules are going to be around. Those same precedents are going to be around far after when President Trump leaves office. Okay? Whatever rules and things that they're doing, just like the Patriot Act is still there. Osama bin Laden is dead. Saddam Hussein is dead. The Patriot Act still exists. So the same way how we have these rules that were enacted to save us from one boogeyman, now those rules still exist. And they're being applied to everyone. You think they're only going to apply it to the people that you don't like, these rules? No. They will be applied to everyone. Everyone that they don't like. And that can change, as we've seen in the past four years. How quickly people's political views and stances and allegiances can change in four years. So that's why our forefathers, when they created the Declaration of Independence and created our Bill of Rights. They came up with some simple rules. You know, similar to the Bible, the Ten Commandments, right? Don't kill each other. Don't murder each other. Don't steal from each other. Don't uh, lust over your, your neighbor's wife. Respect your parents, your mother and father, the people that brought you into this world. Very basic things. Very basic things in the Ten Commandments. And the Bill of Rights is very similar. Very basic things. Freedom of speech. Everyone needs to speak. It's a principle. It's a principle that's supposed to be part of our culture. That I might not agree with what you have to say. But I will fight and stand for your right to say it. 
Because if they silence him, they will silence you. If they silence him, they will silence you. Long after Trump is gone, these precedents, these laws, these examples will still be in place. And they will be applied to you. And freedom of speech is really important. Especially in the age of the internet. The the internet exploded. The internet has created so much freedom for people. So much abundance and wealth for people. Because it is free and open. That is why Facebook was able to grow and become what it is. That's why Twitter was able to grow and become what it is. That is why YouTube and Google and all these giant tech media companies, Amazon.com, that is why they were able to grow and become what they are. And now, the same companies that benefited from a free and open internet are trying to close the door behind them. So that no other competition, no other dissenting voices, no other companies that they don't agree with stand any chance at competing. What happened to the parlor app needs to be a wake-up call to every online entrepreneur, every business person, anyone that cares about any sort of freedom in the future. They unilaterally destroyed and removed an app. It was a conspiracy, a collaborative effort that within 24 to 48 hours, the app was gone from all platforms, banned from going on the Apple App Store, banned from being on the Google App Store, banned from from, uh, being hosted on any cloud service, every single website provider. Meanwhile, thousands of accounts, 70,000, some accounts are even saying over 100,000 accounts were deleted from social media because of their political views. Again, I don't agree with everything they say. I probably disagree with a lot of it. But that's not the point. They still have the right to say it. And what ends up happening when you do this to people, when you try to censor people and ban them and and get them out of the public discourse, then they go into hiding. They will find other places to congregate with these ideas and their ideas will become even more radical. So you will create the opposite effect of what you're trying to accomplish because the radicals will become more radicalized because they will not be in the public discourse. They will leave Twitter. They will leave Facebook and they will go to corners of the internet that exist that are much, much different and much, much darker. And they will be in an echo chamber of only hearing their own ideas. And they will never see uh, the ideas of the other side. And the country will become more and more divided. 
Censorship is not the answer. The opposition to political speech or any type of speech that you disagree with is more speech. It's more speech. Imagine this. Imagine during the George Floyd incident if that message would have been silenced and censored on social media. If any time that you used the hashtag George Floyd or Black Lives Matter. Imagine if that hashtag would be censored. Imagine if when Martin Luther King was alive there was social media. And they decided to ban his account. Because you know what Martin Luther King? He was not very popular. A lot of people didn't like him. They even say that possibly the the government either had something to do with or really, really wanted his execution. The CIA and all these companies were, were uh, and all these uh, government agencies were tracking him. And he was an enemy of the state. So imagine that. Imagine if Martin Luther King would have had his account deleted for protesting. And that's the thing. The laws that are getting created, the precedents that are getting created, they're going to exist after whatever your perceived problem is there is gone. Like I said earlier, after Trump is gone, these these rules, these laws, these precedents, they're still going to be here. And honestly, I don't care so much that they banned Donald Trump. I'm more troubled that they brand that they banned a sitting president of the United States of America. I would have been just upset if they did this to Obama. I would have been just upset, just as upset and troubled and disturbed even if they did this to George Bush and I have a lot of problems with George Bush and the way that his presidency was ran but you know what even if they did this to George Bush I would have been shocked and concerned because no one voted for Mark Zuckerberg No one voted for Tim Cook. No one voted for Jack Dorsey. These people are unelected bureaucrats. Okay? Violence is already illegal. Okay? If someone goes on social media and they commit an act of violence and they're actually stupid enough to post on social media, which people are nowadays, as, as we've seen, then there is a legal system and something called due process. There's a legal system that is there to prevent those people and to, and to punish those people for those crimes. Okay? And the fact that they're posting on social media, you know, law enforcement should be happy because they're putting all the evidence on social media. But there are already laws in place to protect people against violence. Violence is illegal. Murder is illegal. Destruction of private property is illegal. There's already laws in place. 
But in the United States of America, there's another important principle besides free speech. There's another important principle called due process. Everyone is supposed to have their day in court, okay? If you're accused of a crime, if you're accused of some sort of wrongdoing, you're supposed to have your day in court. You're supposed to be able to get a lawyer. You're supposed to be able to defend yourself, explain the situation. And then, if it's decided that you've done something wrong, you're supposed to be able to do the crime, do the time, repay your debt to society, whether that's a fine, whether that's some sort of jail time, community service, whatever that uh, judge and that jury of your peers decides is the adequate punishment. You're supposed to be able to repay that debt to society and then go back on your merry way. You're supposed to go back in society and be able to continue your life, right? Unless it's murder or something really, really horrible or atrocious. But the fact that uh, you know, a hundred thousand or more accounts are banned in one day in the blink of an eye with no judge, no jury, no proof, no evidence, no laws being broken. And I know, I know what you're going to say. Well, these are private companies and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but, you know, or start your own social network, blah, blah, blah. But we've come to a place, and I think the parlor situation is a perfect example of this. We've come to a place in our society, in the state of the internet, where these companies are public utilities, okay? And a lot of them get tons, millions and billions of dollars in government funding on top of the fact that um, they benefit from the infrastructure that the United States created and they operate in the United States. So yeah, they do have to follow United States rules. You know, I can't have a bus company and, and discriminate from letting minorities on my bus, right? Making them sit in the back of the bus. That's what Rosa Parks stood for, right? doesn't matter if I have a private bus company. I'm not allowed to discriminate. It doesn't matter if I have a private taxi company. I can't reject to pick up African Americans or Latinos because I'm racist. Or I can't I can't even discriminate against men or women or gays or political class. I can't go and say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to put a sign up in my store, no no Latinos allowed." Right? I can't put a sign up in my store. You know what? No Republicans allowed. No Democrats are allowed to eat here. Is that the society that we're trying to live in? Is that the society that we're trying to create? Because I thought the last hundred years of civil rights was supposed to be about acceptance. It was about uh, having civil discourse with each other. And listen, if on the date of the Capitol Hill protest, if there's someone that broke a window, they should go to jail for breaking a window. If there's someone that killed someone, harmed someone, and it's on video, thank God that we have social media that it would be on video on social media? Absolutely, they should be charged. 
And absolutely, they should have their full right to an attorney, full right to a trial. And they should be punished in accordance with the laws that we have in place in the United States of America. Absolutely. But that's not what we're talking about here. I don't think anyone has said that uh, murder and insurrection and protesting and rioting and uh, property destruction. I don't think anyone has said that those are okay. And honestly, if you look at a lot of the videos that are circulating around social media, uh, many of those are censored <laughs> videos, but uh, but you can find them if you look close enough. There's videos of the police letting the protesters in. The police opening the door and saying, hey, come on in. You guys want to do your protest? Come into the Capitol and do it. There's police standing there holding the door open, literally holding the door open and letting these guys walk in. Multiple videos, opening barricades, letting them walk through the barricades, opening the literally the back door of the Capitol, letting them walk in. And they actually look pretty freaking peaceful to me. They look like a bunch of goofballs, you know? It's really unfortunate that that woman was shot and uh, I know there were some other injuries that, that occurred and, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of people in, in one place. Um, it's, it's really unfortunate for, for all of that. And my, and my heart and, and prayers go out to the families. But a lot of these guys look like a bunch of goofballs. Taking statues, taking pictures, taking selfies. It, it felt like a freaking... A bunch of idiots, honestly. And a bunch of knuckleheads. You know... I, I I think all things considered could have been a lot worse. And but my whole thing is that's not the point. There's a law called trespassing. That's a law. It exists. Anyone that was there and they wanted to protest and trespass, great. Lock them up for trespassing. Martin Luther King was locked up for trespassing too. Great. Lock them up for trespassing. Whatever the law provides for that crime, 30 days, whatever the fuck it is, great. They should be charged. If they hurt someone, if they murdered someone, if they damaged someone, if they, they did any of those things, then great. They go to trial. They get a lawyer. They have their day in court. It's a free country. You're, you're innocent until proven guilty, not the other way around. And yes, they should be held accountable for the full extent of the law, Period. No ifs, ands, buts are uh, about it. But what's happening is there aren't that many trials. There's a lot of things happening without a trial. There's a lot of things happening without due process. There's a lot of these big companies who, by the way, just censored the, just censored the president of the United States. They just proved that they are more powerful than the United States of America. Again, I don't care that they censored the reality TV show star, Donald Trump. It would still be a censorship issue, but I would not be that concerned. They censored the United States of America president. Without a judge, there wasn't a a court order. Nancy Pelosi didn't send a formal request from Congress. They unilaterally decided that this is what we feel like doing because we woke up this day and we disagree with this particular protest. And again, you might disagree with that protest. 
But tomorrow, it's going to be another protest that you do agree with. And they're going to start censoring any dissent. They're going to start censoring any time that you disagree with the government. They're now going to have the right to ban you on social media. That's going to be the new norm, right? Oh, you don't like the Iraq war? Ban you on social media. You don't agree with the COVID lockdowns? Ban you on social media. You don't agree with the vaccine? Ban you on social media. You don't think the way we want you to think? Ban you on social media. And the precedent that's getting set is going to last so much longer than the Trump administration. George Bush is long gone. Osama bin Laden and Saddam Hussein are long gone. But the Patriot Act is still here today. And that's why, just like the Ten Commandments, our forefathers put really, really simple principles in place. There was no internet when they created this country. There's no internet when these crazy people came to this country and rebelled against Britain and started the country. Internet didn't exist. They couldn't have foreseen that freedom of speech would be controlled and censored by some private corporation. They couldn't foresee that the speed at which communication can travel today. They didn't foresee any of this. So yeah, maybe the exact law to the to the letter that it's written, yeah, it might not apply to a private company. But you know what? These private companies are becoming public utilities. You know, Martin Luther King, they could have shut off his cell the his his phone service. It's it's literally the equivalent of that. Of Martin Luther King when he was protesting, when he was rioting, when there were things, civil liberties. And I'm a huge fan of Martin Luther King because he was all about peace. He was all about peaceful protesting. But the power that they're using against this orange man today, they will use it against us tomorrow. I promise you. They've convinced us that this is a good idea. It is not a good idea. They're going to use this against blacks, Latinos, white, Asian, and every single other nationality creed. If we don't stand up. We're at a very pivotal point in this country's history and in this world's history. We're at a very, very pivotal point. And if we don't stand up for our freedoms, then we're going to lose them. Thank you, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends and your family members. It means a lot. One share can really, really change the game because then that person shares and that person shares. And that's how we get the information out there. There's so much internet censorship going on. 
It's crazy. It's ridiculous. But tweet by tweet, message by message, text by text, email by email, we can get the word out. Okay? And we have the power to make these changes in our community. Real quick, this week, WhatsApp announced that they are completely merging with Facebook and they will now start monetizing your data, your personal data with your friends and family members and business associates. And they now have uh, the right to monetize your private data. Privacy is under attack. And this happened in the same week of all this other drama. And everyone that logged into WhatsApp got a little message and they had to click OK. And you don't know what you clicked OK to. When you clicked OK, you clicked OK to Facebook taking your privacy. But the good thing is one of the founders of WhatsApp, before he sold it to Zuckerberg, they have the source code. They created the exact same app, except it respects your privacy. WhatsApp got really, really popular so fast because it was a privacy app. It was encrypted messaging where you could message people and your messages wouldn't be read. And then Facebook bought it. But the founder was a nerd, a geek, a hacker like me. And he loved privacy and he loved the free internet. And him and another partner created an app called Signal. Signal is not a sponsor of this podcast, but Signal is an encrypted messaging app. It is free. It has all the same features of WhatsApp, except it does not spy on you. And it's faster because it does not spy on you. It's actually faster and smoother. And what I did this week is I sent a message to everybody on my WhatsApp and I let them know that I will no longer be using WhatsApp. Here's the link to Signal. And it's these small steps that we make that can change the world. If you don't agree with Facebook monetizing your private messages on WhatsApp, stop using it. It's a texting platform. You can switch to any texting platform you want. Your mom will switch. Your friends and family will switch. They'll have no choice. I'm uninstalling this app. If you would like to text me, here's the new app. So I'm going to encourage everyone. It's not a sponsored post. I'm going to encourage everyone. If you're using WhatsApp, switch to Signal. Send everyone the link. It's the same app, but better from the same guy that created WhatsApp. And go switch to Signal. Number two, the Disrupt community is launching this week. Look for a link in the bio of this podcast to download the beta of the new Disrupt community platform. Now listen, we're not going to talk about politics all the time. We're not going to talk about even internet censorship all the time. I'll have some videos about it and you know, I'm going to use my freedom of speech, but that's not my purpose. It's not why I was put on this earth. I'm not here to talk about politics. I I really hope that uh that we talk less about politics in the next year. If, the, if we could have one gift, it would be that all these freaking people retire and we can focus on creating our communities and not having the government over 
overreach and tell businesses how to operate. But we're creating the Disrupt Entrepreneur Platform. It's a community platform. It's similar to Twitter. It's similar to Facebook. It's a community platform. You can share videos. You can share links. You can talk to people. You can ask questions. You can communicate and collaborate with all the amazing entrepreneurs that have spoken at Disrupt events in the past and all the ones that are happening in the future. We're going to have exclusive live streams inside the community. It's a social platform for technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship. And it's going to be a much better place to hang out because it's going to have less distractions. So if you want to be successful, you want to surround yourself with successful people, you want to surround yourself with the right messaging, this is going to be the best platform for you. It's going to be me, my team, and the incredible network of entrepreneurs that we've worked with and collaborated with over the last uh, five years or so. We're going to have exclusive content from all the past events that we've hosted in the in the past, plus new live streams and new new events, new digital workshops and webinars in the future. So I'm really, really excited to launch this project. Um, it means a lot to me. It's actually something that was on my back burner for a while. Um, you know, we first were going to launch this platform about two, three years ago. And I said, oh, you know what? It's fine. We'll just use Facebook. We'll create a Facebook group and, you know, whatever. And what happened this week was a big wake-up call. We need to start taking control back of our own communities and stop letting these technocrats, these bureaucrats, control our businesses and control our communities. And it starts with the entrepreneurs. So we're launching our own platform. Uh, it's not for political discourse. Uh, it's for technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship. Those are the things that my company and my vision are, are focused on because I believe that capitalism and business and entrepreneurship are the tools that we can use to change the world. I believe that entrepreneurs will change the world. People like Elon Musk People that see problems in the world. You have a problem with with climate change. Don't ask Obama to fix it. Don't ask Trump to fix it. Don't ask Biden to fix it. The problem with climate change, you get an entrepreneur. They create solar panels. They create innovation. They they work on things that are that are real big problems in the world. And they find great innovative solutions. So because we believe that that's the way to change the world, that is what our company is focused on. And we also feel that it's the best way for people to change their own financial circumstances. You know? If you're broke, if you're living in poverty, start a business. You know, you start an online business. You know, the internet doesn't care what color you are. You start a Shopify store. You start any type of online business, you know. I mean, sure, there's racists, there's fucking assholes everywhere, but that's a very small 1%. And if you have an online brand, it's an e-commerce store. They don't know who owns the store, you know. Prejudice is really out the window unless you, you look for it. If you look for it, it'll be there, but... If you're not looking for it, uh, it's, it's almost non-existent, right? When you buy something from someone on Amazon, you don't know the race, nationality, gender, sexual orientation about the seller, the person that's selling it to you on eBay or Amazon, right? If you're selling stuff online, if you have a website and you're selling stuff online, um, you know, a lot of those, a lot of those things sort of disappear. And, uh, and regardless, uh, regardless of any prejudice, 
the best way for you to transform your financial situation, the best way for you to change your economic and social economic situation is by empowering yourself, is by becoming an entrepreneur, is by becoming a creator, is by learning new skills, is by improving yourself and taking control of yourself, the only person that you can control, which is yourself. So that's what the Disrupt Platform is about. It's going to be attached to the Disrupt Magazine. Uh, so if you love the entrepreneurs that are in Disrupt Magazine, a lot of those amazing entrepreneurs are going to be there as well. You can ask questions. Uh, you can communicate, collaborate. Um, it's really, really going to be a different platform. You know, when you go on Instagram or Twitter, you get bogged down. You get bogged down with all these politics. You get bogged down with comedy and cat videos and all this stupid stuff that really doesn't progress you anywhere in life. But this platform is going to be 100% focused on self-improvement. On you becoming the best version of yourself and drowning out the noise, you know? Giving you the power to maybe, hey, let me let me spend some less hours on Instagram and YouTube. Let me actually consume some positive content. So our podcast will be on there. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of exclusive content that you can't find anywhere else. Um, and the best part is the community of amazing creators, amazing entrepreneurs, amazing free thinkers and game changers. And they're all going to be inside the Disrupt Digital platform. So I'm really, really excited. Uh, look for the link in the podcast description below. And I can't wait to see you on the inside. Peace.